Welcome to the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast, helping Western New York entrepreneurs take the next step in their business. If you love Western New York and entrepreneurship, this is the podcast for you. Whether you have been in business for 20 years or 20 minutes, there is something for everyone. David Schaub interviews the top entrepreneurs in Western New York so you can take your next step in your own business. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. We appreciate you joining us. We're gonna dive right in today. We have Ryan Brandenberger, who's the owner of Cross Country Mortgage right here in Buffalo and in Florida. So welcome today, Ryan, thanks for uh, joining us. David, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's man. an honor, my friend. So so where are you, so I know obviously you, you own the Cross Country here in Buffalo, but what about Florida? Where is it in Florida? So my original branch, I started in, uh, well, my early days in 2003 when I entered the business, I started out in uh, Miami and I slowly migrated up north where I am today, which is Boca Raton, Florida, which is dead smack in the middle of West Palm Beach in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, yeah, I'm very, yeah. Uh, I'm sure people that have been to Florida, they know the area very well or at least know of it. So that being said, man, you're, you're bouncing back and forth. But before we really get into the nitty grittiness of all this, sure. Uh, how did you get into it? How, you know, how did you get into entrepreneurship? Um, and, and we can go from there. You can start from any point in your life, man. Yeah, well, I think that that kind of started at a uh, as soon as I was, you know, able to walk and talk. I mean, it was just all about, uh, you know, meeting people and networking with people. And I think when that happens, great things come out of it. So I don't know if it was, uh, you know, if I had a, you know, an entrepreneurial spirit at that young age, but I had the ability to network very well. I had the, uh, I was a talker, so you know. After a while, if you're talking, you're selling something, yep. you know, over time as you just become to network. And, you know, I unfortunately grew up in a pretty um, impoverished, you know, family. So, you know, it, it was it was difficult growing up. We were in subsidized housing. And uh, coincidentally, they put me in subsidized housing in Amherst, New York. Mm -hmm. And uh, as, as we all know, Amherst is a pretty nice, pretty nice area. So they put me in this, you know, really nice school, Heim Elementary. And, uh, you know, but I was like one of the project kids in, in the suburbs. So you probably, you know, I remember Chris Rock said it or something. He goes, hey, he goes, obviously when you're in not such a nice area, you don't really know you don't have much. But he goes, but when you're, a, you know, a kid, a project kid in a, no, not a rich school, but an affluent area. Sure. You really know you don't know. You really know you don't have as much. Well, it, you know, that, that I recognize that right away. So here I am going to school and I came from a single parent household and, uh, you know, we were on, on public assistance, you know, my mom was waiting tables. So for me, I, I had to keep up with the Joneses. Mm -hmm. So I go to school every day and everybody's wearing the the Reeboks and I got the Weebox, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. the fake ones from Keds, you know. <laughs> my my Chuck Taylors had like six points on the star. You know, everybody else is rocking the 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 newest stuff. So what it did is it created a fire within inside of me where I said, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta I want that, mm -hmm. you know? I wasn't born with that, but I'm going to get that. So at a very early age, whether it was a car wash in front of my house, I was, my mom would laugh. She was like, I don't even know why I get you stuff on Christmas. You just sell it all anyway. So I was I was constantly selling, shoveling driveways. I mean, I, I shovel driveways. And, and I mean, I, I can't even remember the first age that I did it. You know, yeah. you know sidewalks and driveways, uh, lemonade stands, you name it. And then the moment I can get a, a paper route, I remember I was 11 years old. Mm -hmm. And I got a paper route, you know, and Buffalo News was still delivered by kids. 
And uh, it was like one of the biggest routes. And I was like, I took it on. And I remember I made 75 bucks a week. And yep. I, I thought I hit the lottery. Yeah. I mean, you know? wage back then, at least when I was doing, it was probably like three bucks an hour or whatever the heck it was. It was four and a quarter to be exact. Okay. Yeah. Because you and I are about the same age. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was four and a quarter. And that I was 14 years old. My first job that I actually, I remember paying the taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, four and a quarter. Rudy's wrapping chicken wings. Yeah, dude. You, well, you and I, obviously, we originally met for coffee, Ryan. We realized we were really cut from the same cloth. Like, I didn't necessarily live in some side of housing, but we were on food stamps. We were on government assistance, WIC, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And um, I remember my, my grandpa buying my soccer cleats because my mom couldn't afford to do so. Things of that nature. Um, my mom actually lied about my age so I can get a paper out at 10. Nice. And, and she lied about my age to get a penny saver out at 9. And then as soon as I got 16, I got a job where I can make more than the 75 bucks a week or whatever it was back then. So I think one thing that, that was really cool, um, Ryan, is that we this. what's cool about growing up that way is that you learn how to solve problems really quick. And you really learn how to be, okay, I don't have, like, for example, hey, my friends have a $200 hockey stick. I can't afford it, but how do I get to buy a better hockey stick? How do sure. I get there? I would literally collect cans on the side of the South Creek which is in Chittawag over there, just so I can make enough money to, to buy a hockey stick or a new blade on the hockey stick. Because I, I felt bad asking my mom for that because I knew she just didn't have it. So when you do that, it really translates to entrepreneurship. I think, you know, the, the first time we met, and, and you don't really know who you're meeting with when you go to meet with them. And we've never really crossed paths and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, prior to our first meeting. And, uh, you know, p- people look at me and they just think, oh, well, he probably had a great high school, great, you know, he got college, lucky. yeah, and it's like nah, the the path was a little bumpier than than most would you know believe, you know, just based off of appearance, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But it took a long time to kind of get to to the spot that I'm in now, and I had a lot of hurdles to to jump. But um, I mean, ultimately, it's I tell people it's not where you start; it's where you finish, mm-hmm. you know. And if you if you do do the right thing, and you operate from the right place, which is from the heart, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you, you focus on helping as many people as you can. I don't, whether you're doing real estate or you're doing, you know, selling cheeseburgers. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you'll, you'll succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that's been able to get me to the point that I'm at at life is just operating from the right place. Uh, not from a place of greed. Um, I, I always say this to my team. I'll say, you know, the moment I stopped chasing money, I started making it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have this idea that entrepreneurship is about chasing money. Mm-hmm. And it's not. If, if you make it about money, you will be miserable in what you do. And there's just, there's not that feel good component. I mean, when I make more money, what do I do? Put another zero in my bank account, mm-hmm. you know, maybe move the decimal point a little. That's not satisfying, you know? So entrepreneurship is not about money. Mm-hmm. And those who think it is usually will fall flat on their mm-hmm. face. I agree. And it's just not sustainable because, believe it or not, making money does get boring. And, it, and especially if you don't love what we do, the moment we start making money, the moment I really feel like we start receding. Sure. Because I kind of feel like I've made it. I never liked it in the first place, but I'm making money. And we start really receding, whether it's customer service, paying attention to our clients, or, or growing. As you know, we live in such a fast-paced world. I think it's so important to love what you're doing. And, I, and I'm sure people that have listened to my podcast over and over again, this is like a broken record, but... 
I'm just a big believer that true entrepreneurship is doing what you love, solving people's problems. I and agree. So entrepreneurship, hey, you hungry? I got a cheeseburger. Hey, you need a, you need a mortgage? I got that. So it's solving people's problems in a, in, a, in, a, in a unique way with your passions. So speaking of the mortgage industry, how did you, I doubt you just woke up one day and said, hey, I'm going to go from paper out to sell, to, to obviously doing being a mortgage broker. So how did you get into this field? You know, it's... Uh I didn't know anything about mortgages when I got into the field. It started out in 2003, I was managing nightclubs in Buffalo. I mean, I na- I managed Utopia Nightclub. It's like a, you know, teen bar at the time. I mean, uh, looking back and, you know, I managed all these nightclubs and I, but I knew that that wasn't going to be uh my landing place. You know, I looked around at, you know, the industry and I I would look at guys who had progressed in the business and you know, that became owners and uh, and the, it just didn't look like, didn't like a happy. It, was I, it wasn't a happy place for me. Mm-hmm. So I said, I got to make a, I got to make a shift. So the first step into my mortgage career was to get my real estate license. So I got my real estate license right here in this building, actually, oh, Dave. Really? Yeah, from uh, John Cusack. Uh, is it John Cusack? I don't. I think I just called him Mister. I think John Cusack's the actor. Okay. Uh, Mister Cusack, I'll, yeah. I'll go by. Uh, and he's at the real estate school here in Buffalo. So I get my real estate license, and I immediately joined uh, Hunt Commercial. And I'm 24, 25 years old, and I'm showing up to work every day. I don't know what everybody was wearing, like suits and ties. Like I'm like 25 years old. I don't got a, a penny in my pocket, yeah. you know, it, it, within reason, right? Yeah. And I'm showing up to work every day, and and I just found myself at that time in Buffalo. You know, I was like, I didn't. My network was was nightclub you know i knew everybody in the nightclub business so it's you get typecasted very easy in buffalo yeah i mean no no it's a small it's a smaller city right so if like you grow up doing this like you could see somebody 10 years from now and they're like oh yeah by the way how is that going you know it's like 10 years is a long time so i think it's hard to shed that um persona sometimes too correct and for me i was ryan the you know nightclub guy you know so Real estate was a uphill battle for me. So I got a phone call from a friend of mine in 2003, and he goes, Ryan, you got to get in the mortgage business. He goes, you got to come down here and get in the mortgage business. And he he was a nice guy. I worked with him years before at a a restaurant in Fort Lauderdale. And I said, well, what's going on? What what do you mean? Like, tell me about it. What do you, you know, how much money are you making? (laughs) You know, I was very money driven at that time, you know. So uh, he goes, I made $180,000 this year so far. And it was August. And I remember this guy vividly. And I was like, he wasn't the greatest salesperson. I said, shit, if you made $180,000 and it's August, I said, I'm crushing it. So uh, I I got on a plane two days later and I'm I'm back in Fort Lauderdale. I lived there for a little bit, you know, in in 99. And... uh, I said, let's go. I got my mortgage license. I packed my bags. I gave the keys back to the nightclub and said, good luck. And I got in the car. You went all in. I went all in. I, I slept on my, in my friend's guest room for a few months. I had to do a little, you know, I had to work in South Beach at the nightclubs for the first few months to yeah, kind of, you know, earn some earn some money while I was there. But I that was it. I, I hit the mortgage business full throttle. And uh, I ended up hitting a big deal with my then landlord who showed up to collect the rent on a Monday morning. And after a long weekend in South Beach, I was usually cash heavy on a Monday morning. If if any if I owed anybody money, Monday morning was the day to come and collect. Okay. So, you know, my landlord knocks on the door and she goes, 
and I'm dressed. I'm going to work. She goes, I, I, where are you going? Yeah. You know, probably thinking this kid must be going to court or something, yeah. you know, dressed up with a nice shirt on. And I said, I'm going to my job and I, I'm in the mortgage business. I do mortgages. Now I'm three months into the yeah. business. I don't know anything. Yeah. I mean, a, a, a fraction of what I know today. And she goes, well, you should help me with my refi. I go, well, refinance? Yeah, I'd love to. What do you want to refinance? She goes, well, I own every house on this street. Oh, my God. And that was it. I ended. Up, I looked out. I go, how many are there? She said, 16. So it was 16 houses, Yeah. $450,000 per house. Yeah. Long story that short, then. that was in 03. I think I made $140,000. Um, you were hooked. I, I was hooked, and I, I, I retired ever working in that nightclub business again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the crazy part, David, is, is I took that money, and I went back to that same guy that introduced me to the business a year and a half before. Well, maybe no, it was the previous year, actually. It was the mm-hmm. previous. And I went back to him. I said, Adam, let's open up our own mortgage company. So here I am. I'm in the business for a handful of months, and we open up a mortgage company. We'll give you that idea. Were you just like, I don't you like to work be- for anybody. Okay. Yeah, I was like, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to work for somebody. You know, granted, we always work for somebody, right? Whether we work for, you know, the man up above, yeah. or you work for your your children every day. Yeah. But at that time, I always had this idea that I wanted to. I wanted to own my yeah. own business. Um, in hindsight, it probably wasn't the best idea at that given moment. I could have made more money by jumping on somebody else's gravy train because I had a lot, a lot of uh, trial and error. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, when you go through that journey of of opening a business that you don't know a lot about, you learn more from your failures than you do from your successes. Yeah, pain is sometimes the best teacher. So yeah. you legitimately opened it within basically a year of of, of, of being in the business. Yeah. So you guys opened it. Was it cross country? Was it something else? Oh no, it was community mortgage. That's okay. what we named it. Uh, you know, we're sitting around trying to figure out a name. You know, and it's as creative as we can get. Yeah. So community mortgage, we opened up in Fort Lauderdale, and we were around for. Well, we changed the name in 08, but I was around from 2004 until 2013 when I sold. Mm. So yeah. you sold, and then, uh, so did you Did you stop the mortgage company for, or mortgage business, I should say, for a while, or did you go right into a different one? Not, I didn't, I never, never stopped. Okay. Um, but it's an interesting story because a lot of people would say, wait, you're a business owner. Why would you sell your business to join another business? Mm-hmm. And the you know, I was a real tough nut to crack. I mean, if you know me, I, I'm I have strong convictions. I, um, you know, being self-made, you know, you kind of you think you know it all. Mm-hmm. And I learned very quickly in 2013. I knew a lot, but that didn't mean it was the best possible plan for me. Mm-hmm. So um, I owned my mortgage company. It was 2013. I went to a wedding, and there's another guy who's in the mortgage business. He's at the wedding. I don't know. I, I'll be careful on what I say. Is I don't know if the podcast is G-rated, but mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, when two guys get together and they're in business, it's kind of a, yeah. you know, it's kind of a, a little competition, right? Like, who, okay. you know, what are you doing? How much money are you making? So, yeah. And uh, I told him my numbers, and yeah. I was pretty proud at that time. And he told me his numbers. And I went right to the bar and like <laughs> ordered a scotch. So, like, so basically, you're like, he's like, "Oh, that's cute." That's you know? cute, yeah. <laughs> and I and I I still remember. And I'm going, "You got to, you made how much money? Wait, you did how many loans?" And I'm sitting. I'm going, 
Where my, where my, well, our brain is going. Well, how do I get there? What am I missing? There must what be, did I do wrong? Yeah, and it's not a negative thing. It's just well, it's like, well, how do I get there? And well, and and the, I got, that's when the light bulb clicked. That was the moment I realized I knew a lot, but I didn't know what was most important, mm-hmm. and that was generating business in 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 a in a in, a, in that scale that level. So when I went back and I looked at it, I said, well, I looked at the model that he was in and he was a branch manager of a, of a large company. But I'm like over here thinking I own it. But let me tell you, what you realize in, in, in business is just because you own the business doesn't mean it doesn't own you, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And I was in an environment where the business owned me. Mm-hmm. You weren't running a business, business was running you. Business was running me. And where was it running me? It was running me in the ground, right? I had... Um, problems at home in my marriage. I had um, very limited time with my family. Mm-hmm. I, I I wore the, the burden of the business mm-hmm. every single day. Would, would it be safe to say that you were an operator, basically? You were the, because a lot of people were like, you know, I'm an operator. Well, you know, I mean, owner, operator, mm-hmm. HR department, <laughs> IT department. I was on my hands and knees fixing computers all the yeah. time. I mean, because when you're when when you're a smaller business, you can't afford the departments that a lot lot of these large companies have. So I had to make a decision in life, and I said, you know, I gotta. Why am I always following myself, and why do I have to carve out the path in life? And I think coming from, you know, I didn't have a father growing up, so I had to carve out my identity in almost every way that I can imagine. Whether it was business, whether it was in sports, you know, I didn't have a guy, you know, my dad sitting on the corner going, come on, you know, come on, Ryan, get out there and throw another pitch. Hey, I just want to interrupt your podcast really quick to let you know about our next social business event for the West York Entrepreneur. It is on August 15th. That's a Monday at 5.30 p.m. at the new Briar Brothers Brewery, not necessarily downtown, but on the outskirts a little bit. So there'll be plenty of parking. It is at one of these old, like, 1900 silos. It is awesome. It is exactly what you think it would look like inside, except it's a brewery. It's modern. It's clean. It's awesome. So here, so here are the details. It's August 15th. It's a Monday at 5.30 p.m. Your food is on me, and your first beer is on me. And just come and mingle. We are about who you are first, what you do second. And we want, want to create an awesome environment for local business owners to build business relationships the right way. So if you want to RSCP, check out our social media pages. Make sure you're subscribed to our email list and our links are all in there. So it's easy to access in RSCP. It's 15 bucks a person to come. We already have our business sponsor for the event. That is Allison Kelly Designs, AKD. Thank you so much. And I will see you guys there. Now back to your podcast. It's like, you know, like something when you're self-made is that you don't have these, these mentors because you're so busy running the business, you don't even have time for that. So I think you... I think that's so smart. I want to stop you for the, just for our listeners. Like, I want to make sure you're catching this. Is that so? Here's what I want to ask you, audience. You know, are you running a business or is it running you? When was the last time you took a step back, just like from a thirty thousand foot view, and say, "Is this really best for me? Should I go here? Is there a better way of doing it?" And sometimes it's buying into another business because it's it's actually less time. You're not more of an operator. You can make more money. People have been there and done that longer than we have or you have. And I think that's just so cool to know that. And you know what? What I liked about that with you, Ryan, is that you it's so easy to get caught in our pride and our ego that we're like, well, I've won this far. I have to do this, and I have to keep doing it my way, and I don't want to you know, work for someone. But versus clearly you saw that, and you're like, I could, there's a better way of doing that. And I think, mo- believe it or not, Ryan, I've met enough people where I feel like most people, I would say at least half the people, 
would not would not let go of that because their ego because they like I I have to ha- I have to say I started this from scratch yeah or I you know the, all these things and I think that's because of that. there's actually a book I'm reading called The Road Less Stupid and <laughs> and it's it's really good and he talks about uh, stupid tax we all have stupid tax we make these decisions based on ego and pride and anyways I can go on it for an hour but anyways man so I'm, I guess the guy was a branch manager so at a cross so country. he was a branch manager at a, at no not at Cross Country Mortgage at the time at a different company and and that was the moment I said you know I don't have to I don't have to lead all the time mm-hmm. there's there's a time to lead and there's a time to follow mm-hmm. and 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 differentiating those two things were very difficult for me um and I I started to listen more and I started going okay I've been in the business for 9 years I know enough about the mortgage business but this is something different this is a bigger this is a better plan and I, I read some. They called it the bigger pile theory. Mm-hmm. So you know, I know I said, "Hey, well, business isn't about money." Yeah, it, it, at the yeah, end of the day, bills. it's an imp- it's an important commodity in in, in business, right? Yeah. So, and it's the bigger pile theory. If the guy's got a bigger pile of money, or guy or girl's got a bigger pile of money than you, listen to him. Mm-hmm. It's follow him. Mm-hmm. Listen, whether you I digest it and and put it in place or not, listen. And that was the moment I said. I'm going to listen. So I got on a plane. I flew to where his branch was, and I shadowed him, and I learned so much. And, and what I learned was this. I need to put, like you said, put my pride down, put my ego down, and surrender to a better process, right? So I joined a mortgage company that provided all of the things that did not generate more business for me. So if you own a company... This is the perfect example of why people franchise, mm-hmm. right? Like I can go create a better burger than McDonald's, mm-hmm. right? I think I think I think Nobody every uh, your your entire audience can do better than that, right? But why why do people go and open up a franchise? Because they just want to focus on the thing that generates revenue, and that's and that's production and helping more customers and 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 in mortgage in the mortgage business. You don't get paid for being innovative, right? Because there's nothing proprietary about mortgages. Sorry, everybody. Anyone that's out there going, well, I found this guy who's got this great mortgage product. Newsflash. All those mortgages are going to the same four buckets, right? It's We call it agency financing, right? So once you, you really realize that your product is a commodity, you, you have to change your strategies of trying to be innovative or, or, you know, an entrepreneur in certain ways. And I found myself trying to reinvent the wheel in a commodity-based business, right? Gas stations. Like, it's gas. Mm-hmm. You get three different options. <laughs> yeah. well, and sometimes they have diesel, right? Yeah, yeah. With mortgages, I'm, I sell gas. Mm-hmm. I have four different options. It's Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA. Uh, you know, and there's some bank statement programs and a couple exotic programs. But if you look at it, 90% of the people are buying these four products that everybody offers. Yeah, and let's be honest, you need it when you, when you, you know, kind of like when you have a car. I need to put, well, most cars, I got to put gas in it. You got to put gas in it. Yeah. When you want to buy, like people don't, nobody wakes up and goes, you know, honey, I want to go get a great mortgage today. Yeah. You know, they, they wake up and they go, no, they want to buy a house and the mortgage is the vehicle to buy the home. You got to put insurance on it, things, things that you just naturally have to be. There. It sounds like, for me, and I could be wrong, Ryan, if I had to put this in a nutshell, it's like, obviously, you want to go to the place you have a relationship with, the place that you have to trust with, and places Correct. that you've seen over and over and over again. So that's kind of where I'm getting with. So that being said, man, it sounds like it's not that hard of a concept, but where do you think, and I, and I hope this isn't too um, straightforward, where do you think you went wrong then from that? You're like, okay, it's simple, but maybe you're overcomplicating it? or oh, well, You know, I used to think mortgages were about marketing. 
right? Marketing, it's advertising. It's about capturing a, an audience of people. And, and that's where my brain's going, but I'm, I'm wrong. When, well, you, and most most would until you you do it wrong for nine years and meet that guy at the wedding that's doing 10 times so, more so business. So what were they doing differently? I'm sorry if that's too loaded of a question. No, it's a, it's a great question, I think. And I think that your audience would relate to this because I don't care if you're selling Cutco knives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that, that, that back in the day, yeah. You know that. Or you're selling mortgages. At the end of the day, it's a relationship-based business, you know. And and I thought it was about marketing. I would spend hours on logos and advertising design. Think about that. Spending hours on something that most people just flash right past and mm-hmm. don't even look at. Why am I investing so much into something that people don't really invest back in? Mm-hmm. Like your audience does not look at your advertisement and drool, mm-hmm. right? Like. Oh my God! I'm doing Look an how ad. proportional that ad is. I'm doing an ad right now for real producers. Okay, right? Yep. Your your yep. new venture, which I'm really excited to be part of. Sorry, I got to do yeah, a quick you're, plug. You're quick plug, Dave. So real producers, they said, well, we, we we need to do. You need to do an ad for your feature article. Yeah. And I don't. I, find me ten years ago. I would have been like on thirteen revisions. You know, like oh, it's got. Well, no, the font size has yeah. got to be here, and we got to twist it that way. I wish you talked to all my clients because they're, they're we're adding that right now. Thirteen revisions later, go ahead. It, look, it it's it doesn't make your business. So I was a guy who thought it was about marketing and advertising, and then I learned that it's really about changing people's lives, and it starts with your employees. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I I didn't value my employee like I do today. My employee today is my family. They're texting me going, Ryan, what do we want to get you for your birthday? Do you want Shoes. I mean, they're not going to buy me, uh, you know, those kids I was talking about. Like, they're going to buy me a set of Ferragamo shoes. Why do they have so much loyalty to me? It's because I had to change my mindset. Mm-hmm. So, it's if you're in business, it starts with your employees. Mm-hmm. So, I had to, I changed the way, like, that culture where I don't, they don't work for me. I work for them. Mm-hmm. And I, every single day, I focus on their happiness. So, that was number one. If you, if you're, if you don't have it right in the inside of your own four walls, don't go out and try to get business. Fix fix your home first, right? So that was one of the big lessons in in, in changing my my outlook in business. Because uh, the the flip side of that was you work for me, mm-hmm. I pay you a salary, mm-hmm. you show up to work. It's like the guys that try to diminish the person who's working at the the drive through. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, well you make fifteen dollars an hour, you can't even. Yeah. Remember to put the straw in my bag. Yeah. You know, like that's not how you treat people. Mm-hmm. But I was this, like I was entitled. Like I gave you money, you worked for me. I'm entitled to your loyalty. No. Mm-hmm. No. I, I I totally agree with you, man. And I remember I think it was like uh Branson that said it uh, and he said uh um the customer's not right. It's not always right. You treat or you say, hey, stop worrying about treating the customer so you're right. He goes, Yeah, I got you right. He goes, but the employees, they have to be treated right first because they'll naturally just treat your employees. I'm mean, not your employees, but your your customers right. Yeah. And you're one hundred percent, man. I can't I can't agree with you more. And one thing I realized for me, because piggybacking on what you said here, is that I have to stop complaining that especially my employees don't care as much as I do about the business. It's my business and stop expecting perfection all the time. Well, I did this. You said this. No, you're wrong. You know, somebody makes 20 mis- same mistake 20 times in a row. That's a different problem. But in general, man, they're people. And, and excuse, I know you want to add something. Well, no, no well, you, you're, you're what you're saying. It's I, you got to relate it to other things in life, too. It's like, well, you're 
your nanny, let's say, for example, doesn't love your kids at the level that you do. Of course not. Yep. You know, but it doesn't mean they don't take care of it and they don't come in and they don't or, or like whoever works for you. They're not supposed to have the if you're looking for somebody to have the highest level of passion that you do in your business, that guy's probably going to open up his own business. Mm-hmm. Right. So you got to remember there's there's people that have if they had that high level of passion, most of them would be. Mm-hmm running their own business. And and some people have the ability to do it. They just don't want to. It, well, it's a lot of work, especially yeah. to start off. So again, back to the audience real quick, you guys, I want you to see what you're catching out of this is that how are you treating your employees? Or when you do have employees, how do you want to treat them? And do you feel like if I ask them without you in front of them, candidly, maybe over a drink, so I know I'm getting their honesty, do you feel like your boss has your back? Yeah. Do they have your back? And they subtle, you don't. And let's be honest, they're not going to have my back if I don't have their back first. They're not going to treat me well or my or my clients well if I'm not treating them well. Again, the heart is the overflow of what's coming out of it. So if they don't feel taken care of, uh, that you have their back, that they don't feel like you know they have the, they're for me, they're not against me, they wouldn't just get rid of me to, you know on a drop of a hat. When they know that you have their back and you are so for them and you care about them as a person, they'll naturally reciprocate that. To, to everything that you do in their business. So what would your employees say? I want to ask you guys, the, the clients real quick, what would your employees say about you? And hey, you might not like the answer, but what are you going to do about it? What is your next step there? How can you show them appreciation? Do you know their love languages? Do you know how they feel appreciated? Everyone feels appreciated in different ways. And that goes a huge way in your business. So I love that you brought that up. So Ryan, we only have a few minutes left here, dude. So we're going to do some okay. rapid fire, okay? Let's go, go. So let's do some rapid fire. So with the mortgage business, what do people, what is a myth you want to bust? I, mean, I got to imagine you get this question all the time or like, hey, stop. This is what people think. It's not this. And sure. in the mortgage business, you want to bust. Maybe for the realtors out there that are listening to this or maybe the person's about to purchase a home and they're like, I think it's this, but you want to maybe bust that myth. And yeah. Uh, real quick, product wise, we're all pretty much in the same boat, right? Whether you go to a bank a mom and pop mortgage broker, a large mortgage company, or even some national brand, uh, we all are selling the same products for mm-hmm. 90% of the, the, the audience, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to a mortgage company thinking somebody's going to pull a rabbit out of a hat and give you some like miraculous product that nobody else has, forget it. That's not why you're, you're choosing a mortgage company. Realtors, uh, they don't really care about the products, right? They just want to make sure that you can get the deal closed on mm-hmm. time. So it's a, it's, they understand that it's much more of a service-based business. That's why you'll see realtors refer mortgage loan originators that work for direct lenders more than you'll see them refer for banks, right? Mm-hmm. Because they direct lenders have a better reputation because they they're they're they are one dimensional. We only do mortgages. So one of the one of the major differences uh, or things that I see out there is people believe that we have special products, special pricing, right? But we, it's like gas. I mean, I don't know why I keep going back to gas, but when gas goes up, it's not like Sunoco is going to be crushing mobile and be like, you know, you know, oh, it's a dollar cheaper here, right? It's maybe a cheaper by a couple bucks because they bought the last you know, truck of gas at a little different of a price. But at the end of the day, oil is oil. At the end of the day, mortgages are mortgages. So it's a commodity-based business. So I would tell tell your audience that it's not as unique or proprietary as one would think. Mm. And, and that being said, man, what is like one piece of advice? I know it's so tough because there's a million different things we can do out there. there but for the, the newer entrepreneurs out there, what advice do you have for them? Uh, you know, find something that you love. If, if you do not love it, and if you go in, and we said this earlier, if you go in with the mindset of making the most amount of money, uh, you'll be miserable. 
Yeah, eventually. I mean, you're, it's just going to run out. Like, I love helping people. And, you know, I help my employees each and every day building their business. I've, I've Guys that walked in my office, you know, were waiting tables mm. are making a half a million dollars a year mm. five years later. I think it, I think it, I think it's such good advice. I think in the end we get. I think in the beginning we chase the money, and then and then we give up the money to actually do something we love. Yeah. So we just do what we love, you know. Yeah. And I know it's going to say you don't work a day in your life when you do what you love here, but it's so true. I I I, I, I just have to, to agree yeah. with you there. That being said, Ryan, for those that just you know connect with you, like I connect with your story as soon as we grabbed coffee, whatever it was, got months ago. I'm like, I connect with this dude, and I learn more about your story. Like you, like we've learned of your story today. I just you and I are very much cut from the same cloth. But that being said, man, for people that would love to grab coffee with you or connect with you, maybe a realtor wants to grab coffee with you. Um, what's the best way for someone to get a hold of you? Yeah, I mean, well, so uh, call me. Yeah, you know, call people, me direct. People, call people, me direct people, on my cell phone. People it's, put it out there all the time. It's nine five four three nine four nine zero zero five. Say that again in case people were nine five four three nine four nine zero zero five. Shoot me a text, even if it's you know you just want to sit down and be like, hey, I'm doing this business, I'm doing that business. Look, we are a lot more similar than we are different. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care what business you're in. Whether, you know, we all have to deal with people, we all have to deal with products, and we all have to deal with processes, yeah. right? And, and it doesn't, you can remove me from this room, drop me off in the middle of Tennessee, and I will be successful mm-hmm. selling anything, doing anything. Because the fundamentals of business are the same mm-hmm. no matter where you are or what you're selling. Mm-hmm. So if you got, if you have questions for me, it doesn't have to be real estate driven. Mm-hmm. It could, I, you could be selling tires. Mm-hmm. I don't give me a call. I'd, I'd love to talk to anybody. That's what it's about. I love it, man. In the end, we're all solving problems and people pay to solve problems. And you know what? Pay it forward. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That being said, Ryan, thanks for your time. I know you're, I know you're very busy. You're hopping on a plane back to Florida tomorrow. Uh, yeah. And, my, uh, my Buffalo summer is a little short, but I'll be back next week. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. yeah it's 110 degrees down there right now. So yeah. not looking forward to it. <laughs> thanks for joining us, Ryan. Appreciate you, Dave. Thank you. If you loved listening to the Western New York Entrepreneurs Podcast and want more, subscribe to it and head on over to WNYEntrepreneur.com for articles, what's coming up next, and to get involved. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.